shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit Welcome show. back to Shit Show Saturday, Sit So Saturday. Coming to you live from my hotel room in Las Vegas. I am here for a belated 15 years sober celebration. I'm gonna go see Earth, Wind, and Fire and Lionel Richie tomorrow night. I'm super pumped. So today, you are going to get to hear a portion of the Shit Show support group we had just this past Thursday. So let's just cut to the chase, folks. Let's talk about what you're missing out on here, what it is that you have to potentially gain from being a part of this community. And I'm just going to give it to you straight, as you know, I always do. So number one, empathy and understanding. So this is a place where you can connect with others who truly understand and comprehend the complexities of growing up in an alcoholic or dysfunctional family uh, and the pain and suffering that you endured. This is a place where your experiences will be validated and you know peace and solace in knowing that you're not the only one. You're not alone. I know for me, for many, many, many years, I didn't have anyone in my life who truly understood what it meant to be an adult child. And that includes my friends in AA. And it's amazing how much the shame goes down when we realize that there are people just like us. Point two, emotional healing. So this is a safe place for you to process your traumas, to share about it, to get out your emotions. So much of this adult child recovery work is releasing those emotions that have been stored within us our entire lives. And this is a safe and supportive place where you can do so. Number three, Supportive network. So this is a place where you are going to build genuine connections with people who are also on this healing journey. This is a group of like-minded people who are okay with referring to themselves as shit shows, who are okay with the word fuck, who clearly have a sense of humor. This community is unlike anything else. So, hey, you, the person that's been wanting to join for a while, let's do it. Your healing is worth it. Your life is worth it. Uh, we cannot heal in isolation. Just give it a damn try. Okay, just give it a damn try. You can quit after a month. Go to the link in the show notes to damn the join shit show. How about right now? And let's just get the damn show on the road. But of course, beforehand, please give me a little follow on the Insta, on the TikTok. And last but not least, give me a damn five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Thank you. Love they you They say all. that I should damn the John shit show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard Like I have never felt before So I'm going to damn the joint right now Um, reparenting. With the steps and by reparenting ourselves, we can further remove the buttons that have been pushed by others to manipulate us or to get a reaction out of us. As children, others manipulated us at will. Sometimes it seemed we were born to be used by others. We showed up for horrible people who sucked us dry of our courage and strength because that is what we learned from our families. That's what they told us we were meant for by the way they treated us every day. Mm. Um, as adults, we know we can set boundaries with those who, who abuse us. 
When we find that we have recreated an unmanageable situation at work, we get new jobs. We can change our living arrangements when we find that we are once again living with addicts who keep us awake at night and need us to look after them. In recovery, we make space to feel the anger and shame that were handed to us in our childhoods and we heal. We may even detach from abusive family members permanently if that's what it takes to maintain serenity. On this day, I will write down what I want my life to be like as a way of turning things over to my higher power. I kind of felt like this reading was kind of all over the place. Anyone else feel that way? I don't know. <laughs> um, but it brought something up for me that um, that happened. I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was on Sunday or last Thursday, but just something that I noticed that I wanted to share with you. And so um, it was towards the end of the meeting and Maggie asked me a question about um, basically like, how is the community going? Uh, like, what are your goals? Um, you know, how's the podcast going? And I, I kind of like froze up and I got, I felt a lot of panic and, and felt like I should have had an answer prepared. And that's something that I should have an answer prepared to. And afterwards it made me think, um, about something that's been on my mind. And that is regarding like setting goals, like specifically for like the podcast and for the community. And, um, I've like realized how much fear I have, like in, in doing that, because like, I, I don't know if it's like, I feel like I can't do it or if it's like a sense of failure or what it is, but there is like so much fear in like, like writing down like what I want and like what I want to accomplish because there's this like, like I said, it's not a lack in belief in my abilities, but it's like my lack of belief in my my work ethic. And I know it's not my work ethic and I know it's my parts and it's my wounds and it's all of that shit. But there is so much fucking fear in in writing down my goals, right? And it also stems back to like, we were habitually disappointed in childhood. So we just habitually disappoint ourselves in adulthood. And so it just brought up a lot for me you know like I had a lot of shame in that and um there's just been like so much reluctance and fear in um in writing down my goals you know and so it's not really like I mean it is it is related to the to the reparenting right and here's the thing too it's like okay if you don't make them like that doesn't mean that you're a failure either but just like when I read that last portion, when it says on this day, I'll write, write down what I want my life to be like as a way of turning things over to my higher power. And just the act of like writing down like goals and what I want my life to be like seems so fucking scary, guys. It really seems scary. Um, and so I'm grateful that, um, yeah, people pleasing. Yeah, no, it's more so like, I just feel like I should have like a canned answer and like, this is what's going on. And I don't know. It's like nice. To, <laughs> it's like, you guys know like what the deal is like with all this stuff. And so I feel grateful that I can be honest about like, that's how, that's how that question made me feel, you know? And that like, and I can be honest with you guys and, and say like, yeah, I don't have goals written down <laughs> and there's like shame in that. But I know that like, again, this is just all part of my healing and, um, it's such a weird experience, all of this, right? Because it's like, 
so part of like my, my greater purpose. And I know that this is my calling, but it also just is allowing me all of these opportunities for me to continue to like heal my shit. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful that, um, Maggie asked that question, uh, cause it just kind of brought it more to the forefront for me. So floor is open. Please share. I don't write goals down either. I'll do like endless to-do lists which is interesting, this topic. Um, I have had several therapists over the years encourage me to write down like what I want in a partner. And I've had coaches and stuff want me to do that. And I avoid it. I don't want to do it. And what came up for me is if I write it down and I'm not intentional about it, and then I still don't get it. I don't want to deal with the pain of that. But at least if I don't write it down and I don't really focus on it and it doesn't happen, I have the fallback kind of excuse to say, well, I didn't like really write it down with true intention and put a bunch of energy into it. So like, that's why. So I take away... I give myself kind of an out so that I don't have to feel the potential pain of it not happening, but then I end up losing out on what I could gain by doing something like that. Cause I don't really, I don't really want any more mega disappointments in my life. I'm, I'm kind of wrung out from it. I'm tired of it. I've had it happen so many times I've had, a lot happened last year and I think it's understandable why myself and a lot of us do things consciously and subconsciously to protect ourselves from just being let down of something that we genuinely want, you know, whether it's, you know, something with a partner or a friendship or support or something with health or with money or whatever. Because if you, we don't really put it out there and we don't really state it and we don't really write it down, then it's not really real. And then it can't really hurt so bad. That was really helpful that you shared that. And guess what? I'm still not going to write it down. (laughs) And I don't care. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Um, Thanks for passing along the reading. I, um, I've been uh, got a couple thoughts about uh, reparenting myself. Um, on one level, uh, I'm in the indulging parent um, in in entering ACA, trying to figure out, you know, what what my difficult past was. Uh, I had a really difficult adolescence. It was like amazing I escaped alive. It was that difficult. I would never want to go back um, in time and, you know, relive those, those years. And and that's when I picked, that's when I became a substance user, did a, did a a lot of psychedelics, all kinds of different escapes. It was the late seventies. There's a lot of things available. And, um, and I had a community. I had a community that was very shallow 
it was built around, you know, that lifestyle. And we did a lot of intellectual discussion. We were, you know, kind of intellectual stoners. And we would get high and talk philosophy and the meaning of life and things like that. And, um, but really, uh, my, my adolescence is kind of a blur. It was just a, a, a survive. I was in survival mode. And then my substance use by the time I was in, uh, the beginning of college was basically, uh, my life was starting to crash. It was overtaking me and, you know, I became a prisoner of it as an addict. And so now, you know, in my, uh, in my reparenting, as far as my inner teenager, which is my target, you know, I, I'm just indulging my inner teenager. You could maybe tell by my wardrobe. Um, <laughs> but uh, play my music loud, I you know. But the, the, the other things I do is, you know, I'm in touch with uh, areas where I need really needed and need now, you know, some self-discipline to your point about goals and stuff. And I'm in touch with the fact that I have this attention deficit issue and I'm finding hacks. So I'm like helping myself out like you would help a younger person out. And these things were present then and present, you know, forever and never really, I never really addressed them. So in my family, uh, things like uh, needing therapy or being an alcoholic or something. It wasn't ever spoken at me. I wasn't criticized directly, but um, other people and other families and so forth were, you know, when when someone was was mentioned to be an alcoholic, it was like a horrible thing that this person was. And I remember this one time my mom asked me and I was too young to really make this decision on my own. Did I think I need needed therapy? And I did need therapy, but I should have been, you know, you know, parented toward it and, you know, helped toward it. But I think there was a stigma that was present in my family that, you know, I think my mom saw that I needed it, but didn't want that stigma and got out of it by asking me if I wanted. Of course I didn't, you know, I didn't want, I knew that that was a stigma, but I, I, I didn't want that, but I really needed that. And it would have really helped me. So in some ways, I, when I'm addressing ways I still need to grow up, I'm, I'm working on areas of discipline. The, the, the hacks I have for, for the attention deficit, I'm like layering them in. I've got this little clock. Obviously, I have a timer on my watch, but I got a little round clock. It looks like a hockey puck. And, you know, I'll set it for like 15 minutes. And if it's something that I just want to devote 15 minutes because I'm like totally time blind. And I can just I can just lose all kinds of time, but not realizing, you know, just by 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 being distracted. So that's really helped me. And I also do a lot of lists and I'm doing like an hour by hour thing. I'll do the hour and then the half hour, hour and a half hour. 
for like the next five hours. And so I've got things put into each space just to keep me on task. I have a real busy life with my work and other things I do. And it's super helpful. So in some ways, that's I think that's reparenting. I'm, I'm, I'm addressing what I, I know are weaknesses with myself. And even though, you know, I'm the latter part of my career, latter part of my life, probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced that working on these things is still really valuable. And it's making me feel better just to feel like I'm not totally at the mercy of my weak, my, you know, this, this, uh, this uh, situation, this condition that I, that I have. And uh, I just learned to love myself in spite of it. I just kind of, I find it humorous in some ways, even, you know, I learned to laugh about it. So that's where I'm at. I, th I think that that's how I would tie in where, where my work is right now uh, on myself with uh, today's reading. Thanks for listening. Hey, um, yeah, for me, the goals that I have are more about the relationship and how do I not get abused in the future. Um, and I think for me, like the biggest thing, because I'm, I'm not so bad with like the professional, the academic type stuff. Like that's, that's almost like easy for me so that I can avoid like figuring out how to be in a relationship or honestly for me I think the goal is to recognize what my feelings are and like know what they are and not have like not not have a misinterpretation of them you know like I just kind of came to the realization after like two years that um I didn't have like when I was with my ex I didn't have my kid and him bond and it was like there was something in my gut that was like telling me like uh don't do this like don't have them bond and I just like thought there was something wrong with me I thought there was something wrong with him I was like why aren't we a blended family I'm reading all these books and like it took me two years to realize I don't want my kid to have a stepdad because my stepdad abused me like click that was actually not that hard but it took me two years and I don't know that stuff or I literally just wrote out in my whole notes app because I was like gonna post it on here and then when I finished writing it out I answered my own fucking question I was basically like you know I fantasize in my head that I can fix this relationship with my daughter's father and because he was so nice to me when I was sick and he was like so attentive and now that I'm like healthier he's like ghosted me and he's like gone and I got kind of like attached when he was helping me when I was sick and I started to fantasize about like being able to work it out and I'm just sitting here like I keep shooting my shot and getting rejected like just very subtly but enough to know I'm getting rejected and I'm like why am I trying so hard with somebody to make someone love me who doesn't love me and I'm like oh because that's what my mom that's like literally how it is with my mom and I'm just replicating that and so I'm like I'm the catch here why am I trying like why don't I want somebody to come to be want to be with me like thinking about it you know like I'm trying to reframe and learn my goal is to learn that like I deserve really good things um I deserve to be treated well 
And like that, I just, I don't, it doesn't logically, like it logically makes sense cognitively, but like, I can't, I can't make it make sense um, in any way, shape or form. And so when it comes to goal setting, it's, it's that it's being able to identify things in the moment. And like, I was able to, right. I started feeling real weird with my daughter, my youngest daughter. It's like, things are weird. Things are weird. And like, it only took me a day or two to recognize that like, she's getting older and our symbiotic relationship is like closing. Like she wants, she's developing independence. And like, I just want to grab her, but like, I can feel her distance. And like, I was able to recognize it and not be like, there's something weird here. I must be going into dissociation or PTSD. Like, it's like, no, like my kid is getting away from me. And I'm sad about that. And so that was like, a really huge acknowledgement the fact that I could like actually understand what that was realistically um not misinterpret it and be like all right let me just get sad about this for a couple of days and then we'll move on um and so for me like the goal really is figuring out what the fuck I'm feeling and the actual reasons for those feelings because that seems like it's probably going to be pretty helpful in the future so that's what I got thank you hoy fellowship shows um uh in fact um, I love that so much. And also shit show nation. I started doing it in other meetings and people like busting up laughing about that. I'm like, that's so normal in our world. They're just like, yeah, we're shit show. Like, aren't you? Um, maybe other people aren't, but all the, all the coolest people are. So, uh, I've been doing that. And, uh, I also wanted to, uh, be proud of myself. I got really sick this weekend. It wasn't COVID, but I took Monday off and it was the first day in my life that I took a day off and I didn't feel horrible guilt about letting the team down. It's not, it's fucking, again, I do maintenance. Like it's gonna be fine, like give it a day. And I came back Tuesday and I just like took it slow. And I, on Saturday, sincerely the thought inhabited me that I was like, I shouldn't need cold medicine. That's weak. And I said, you fucking psycho, drink some fucking sleepy time tea. Like it's okay to need that. Like, it's okay to be nice to yourself. And like, it was much more natural than it ever has been. And I'm like, I'm really proud of that. And I'm like, I'm kind of like high on recovery right now because uh, I finally got my ass in gear talking about procrastination. And I started an in-person slaw meeting that's Denver's first that I know of. And uh, it happened Friday and there's like 11 people and it was fucking awesome. And like, there was such a need in the community. And like, I didn't do shit. Like my higher power did all of it. But I did have to show up. I did have to like initiate things. And I'm so bad at that. And bad at it right now, I should say. I am learning. I don't like learning. I want to just be perfect at it. Can't I just do that? Um, we were talking about like budgets and stuff and I got notes out. And here I have like my budget with all my like Spotify and uh, hospital bills that I haven't paid that are from like way back when. And, you know, $14,000 of credit card debt. But I can't tally it up because then it's real and and I don't like finish it because I'm afraid that it will be too much that I cannot face if I keep it if I don't put detail to it it keeps it like in a safe distant place that I don't have to deal with it which isn't true and like I procrastinated on so many stuff like Andre when you say that like I I totally get it and I, I it hurts like the neurodivergence right now is really fucking hurting me. Um, and I'm trying to be gentle, which isn't what I want to do. I want to say fucking just do it, stupid idiot. 
but that doesn't work. Like for 30 years, this hasn't worked. So I'm stopping and saying like, I'm going to try and look at this for the recovery um, and be nice and gentle and see how like, I don't, I don't get why my higher power loves me, but I'm accepting of the fact that he does and is here. I'm not questioning that now. Um, and I had a hard relationship with my dad. So it's like learning in those like tender moments to be okay that like, uh, like a man loves me for me and I, I don't need to have anyone else like on the docket. Like I'm enough as me and uh, that's different and it's new and it feels good to be learning it. And I got a shit ton more to learn, but I'm glad you all showed up for your recovery tonight. I'm glad you're here. Love you much. I got a planner recently that in the beginning, it was like, where do you see yourself in three years? Where do you see yourself in five years? And I immediately spiraled into a neurodivergent hellhole. <laughs> and, um, and my therapist was like, yeah, that's not a question you would ask a neurodivergent person because so often throughout my life, life is what's happened when I've made plans. And yeah, as a kid, it was, if I stated a goal or I wrote it down and somebody in the house saw it, it would be used to torture me with, without question. And um, so I get to check that. I get to reparent around that. And then it was, for a while in sobriety, it was great. I've achieved all these goals. And now I've worked myself into a corner I don't actually freaking want to be in. Like, I got myself in a workplace where I was like, yeah, I made it. And I fucking hate every single one of you, but I would set it much nicer. Oh, I'm confused as to why you would say that. Can you explain to me? Blah, blah, blah. No, I fucking hate you all. <laughs> so I chose to leave. So now <clears throat> I love having um, people with greater decades in life than me right now. My goal is to and this kind of makes me want to cry. I just want to be a, a, a decent human being. I just want to see my own worth as I walk this planet and breathe this air. I just want to feel connected to my soul and do right by my husband and my kids and the people I meet on the street. And how fucking hard that is to do. <laughs> I went and visited my daughter college in Boston and it was the first time I flew by myself in as long as I can remember because I've always been the mom in the airport who's wrangling three little kids through TSA. And I had a complete, I thought it was a panic attack or dissociative, whatever. On the outside, I looked fine. I know my body was going through the motions, but there was nobody home. And I, my hands were numb. I couldn't feel my feet. And I went and found a quiet place and I meditated and I prayed and I stretched and I got back into myself to an extent. But I noticed for my first whole day in Boston that I was noticing 
every drink and I was noticing all the pot smoke and I was noticing. And normally that's just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And um, so that night I went to an AA meeting and of course it was freaking rock and solid because that's always fun to do when you're in a new place. But there's that part of me that just always feels so crushed. That always feels so like, don't really share how you what you would love to have happen because someone's going to squash it or someone's going to make fun of you for not reaching that goal. So Andrea, I completely understand about not wanting to say it out loud about your goals. And some people would tell me, oh, you spiritually bypass. And I'm like, no, I, I live life one day at a time. And my higher power doesn't direct me in three-year stints or five-year stints. So I just want to throw a lot of support out to you right now because this community is phenomenal. And I think if you take it upon yourself to like, you know, carry all of it, I think it's, it's beyond all of us in a way. And I know it's spiritual woo-woo, but when it comes to recovery and the ability to do what we're doing together here, it's a freaking miracle. So, Jess out. Thank you. Hello, everyone. And I'm so glad everyone's here. Um, something you said, Jessica, really struck me. Not what I'm going to share, but there's uh, goals of character. And then there's goals of the material world. And I think a lot of us are thinking about... Um, goals of the material world. Anyway, I have a lot of conflicting feelings. When I was young, I've shared this before, I expressed interest in becoming a doctor and was always really encouraged and groomed to the point when I was in college and I wanted to maybe go to graduate school in a different subject, I was too afraid to tell my parents that I maybe wanted to change my mind and I just persevered and I did it yada, yada, I achieved the goal. But now I don't write down goals. And I think some of it is, you know, because of our black and white thinking, like we're either good or we're bad, we're right or we're wrong. We did it right, or we were shameful, or we humiliated the family. So there's such an aversion. So maybe just creating different language and not call them goals, say, I want to explore such and such. I want to explore taking a dance class. I want to explore taking an art class. I'm curious what it would be like to do such and such. And then there's not so much energy. Like if we don't like it, we could just say, okay, I was curious. I explored and that's not for me. And we don't have to always have all the shame um, and hear our parents talk, you know, you didn't do that right. You know, you failed. You don't stick with anything. All this stuff. Anyway, those were my thoughts about goal setting. So the, the reading kind of started with like reparenting and kind of ended in step three. And the last couple of weeks I've been going like really hard on step three. And so much that 
I tend not to write down my goals because they're, they're not big enough. Like I don't have a good enough imagination to imagine what would be better or what would be best or what is the best case scenario? Like, what am I going for? Um, typically it's just not, not here or not this, or, you know, I wait until I'm in a crisis and I'm like, well, I don't want to be here. (laughs) Um, so uh, one time I kind of like wrote, wrote like a long time ago, wrote down like an ideal partner and like, I missed all the, all the good points, like all the real important points and ended up with what I wrote down. And like, that was I, I regret all that. So um, I'm not completely, not a hundred percent, but sometimes I feel like I'm just going to go hard on step three and like trust that uh, my higher power is going to, is going to bring to me uh, probably better things than I could imagine. And um, I just like write down my progress and I write down my wins because I can see how far I've come but I'm afraid still to like write down goals. Cause I figure I'll just screw those up too and, and get what I want and it's not what I need. So with that, I'll pass. I can't believe I raised my hand. I was just going to listen and I'm feeling this low level anxiety. My heart is beating, but I'm going to share. Um, I identified with so much of what's been shared already. What a great meeting. Um, yeah, the, the making the goals list, it's so funny, this like serendipity or um, synchronicities that are happening. It's just like the reparenting thing. That's like just what I'm really been, that's been heavy on my mind lately. And I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it. I really am. I'm connecting and um, like I'm, it's been two and a half years since I joined ACA and the stuff is finally like just starting to gel and really, I guess I'm getting out of my head and I'm starting to feel it. So um, it's really pretty cool. But the making goals, I mean, that stuff was scary to me. Making goals. I've heard the thing about making the list of what you want in a partner and yeah, identify so much, much with those of you who shared that, you know, I don't want to do that because if I, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot around that, but now I want to, it's like, I'm just in a place now where I feel like, um, things can really happen for me and just a lot of shifts lately. So I think it's no accident that I decided to join you all here and join the shit show. And, um, I'm just excited for what's to come. You know, the whole 60 thing was like, all right, stop fucking around and get get it together because, you know, I want to enjoy the rest of my life. So that's where I am. And I think I will leave it there. Thank you so much. Yeah. So for me, where it said write down um, what you want, that really hit home because my therapist and I were talking about that because I still feel like I'm a disappointment to my parents because I'm not married. I'm divorced. I don't have any kids, so I didn't give them grandkids. I don't have a house. I live in an apartment. And she said, well, do you want kids? And I said, no. And she said, well, do you want to live in a house? I said, no, I don't want to. I like being able to call maintenance when my refrigerator filter is dead and needs a new one. And they can just 
come and swap it out for me and I don't have to worry about it. And all the exterior stuff is taken care of. My air conditioner dies, they take care of it. Um, and so she said, write out what you want, what, what your desires are, what your perfect life is and realize that you are living it. You have a good job. You have what you want in life. You're not a disappointment. And that was really, um, you know, reparenting myself to learn that. So thank you for letting me share. Um, so when you were talking about, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I read all these books and it's like, you need to have these goals and you need to have a financial plan and put together a budget. And I'm like, oh, no, nope, 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 nope. I do all that stuff for work. I do budgets and rolling forecasts and all that nonsense. And I am done with it. Um, but I, I know underlying that is this fear, like what if, like the fear of the future. What if something happens and I don't have enough savings or I just, just didn't want to face it. I'd rather not know. Um, and part of this journey has been like facing that fear and setting things up and doing a will and talking to a financial planner. Um, and it all went better than I expected every single time. Um, but I still won't put together a budget. And there's some other things like that. And I know there is this piece of it that if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it or die trying. And I know that comes from growing up in an alcoholic household where there were all these big, you know, drunk plans, right? You know, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. It sounded like so much fun and the kids would get all excited about it. And then it wouldn't happen and I'd be disappointed. So I did not want to be that person in anybody else's life. Um, so I think there is, there's a piece of that where I feel like if it's a promise, then it's set in stone and I can't do anything but that. And I, I just don't want to be that chained to anything. Um, so anyway, I'm glad to see everyone. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you.